0: because I think it's a terrible matchup for me and I'd like to see how it <laughs> works out. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark
1: 44, powering up. Suits are welcome to house
0: party protocol power of suits and welcome in to another episode of house party protocol my name is will and with me today is what some would say is the guy that is going to have the convocation on lock in terms of <laughs> how to beat them when it comes time to play them you just just send this guy a message he's gonna know because he's gonna have seen it all it's the one and only Matthew Kish from MK miniatures so if you've uh, seen that on the Facebooks this is the guy what's up man
1: hey how's it going well I'm doing well
0: good man I'm glad to hear it it's going well over here too I'm just uh, doing the the hard prep work for my next TTS season match I'm I'm looking forward to that it's gonna be interesting. I think and uh, for you it seems like you don't have too much prep because what is it four times in a row now
1: yeah pretty much uh maybe five I I had one in person too oh my gosh yeah it's pretty wild they're all slightly different but yeah it's a lot of wizardy wizard stuff wizard magic it's crazy
0: yeah it is pretty crazy so I met you playing in TTS this season and it was the round two matchup we had and it was one of those matches that was just really great and really kind of helped me learn some stuff about my team and helped me to get better as a player. And you were just a really great opponent, you know, really fun to play against. And I really enjoyed kind of our conversation around the game and everything like that. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on here. And I think you're a really good player. So I think it's, it's kind of nice to get those differing opinions out there in the world, you know?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, I've been doing wargaming for a while now, so I feel like once I kind of get the hang of a game, I I tend to do okay at it and and give people good matches. So appreciate the kind words.
0: Yeah, man. So tell uh, the suits out there a little bit about yourself. So uh, I started
1: uh, playing wargames when I was a teenager, playing Warhammer, probably how most people get into it. And played that on and off, and then... um, say I would I got into competitive more with X-Wing uh when that came out played that for a few years Transitioned into Legion and then once um once X-Men were uh announced for this game I I jumped into it and um I I really really enjoy it and um once COVID hit I got into painting a little bit more serious versus just kind of slapping paint on stuff Mm -hmm. and um I paint miniatures for my friends here and there when they don't have the time time to do it themselves. So um, in my personal life, I'm a financial advisor uh, and I live in Connecticut and I'm married and I have a baby on the way.
0: Nice. That's so awesome. Congratulations on that. That's really exciting.
1: Appreciate that.
0: Yeah, man. So you said that X-Men is what brought you into this game, yet when we played our match, you were playing Avengers. And then you've switched up your roster a little bit. And I'll save that for later, but it's definitely not X-Men. So what happened?
1: Well, it's definitely not X-Men. Um, <laughs> so for this season, I wanted to build a roster that of miniatures that I actually own in person, um, which may not be the most competitive way to play. Um, but I wasn't really trying to win the TTS league or anything like that. There's a lot of better players than me. Um, but what it's really good for is just kind of staying sharp and, and just getting better at the game and seeing, you know, different matchups. Uh, for me, seeing Convocation three, four times in a row. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so Avengers, um, I had originally, uh, those were some of the first models I had painted. And so I painted my Hulk up you know, a while back and I'm like, man, he's just bad. Uh, and then once the changes kind of came through, I said, Hey, you know what, let me give these guys a second look. And, um, he was a lot of fun to play with. And I pretty much just went with a really tall list, maybe taking three or four characters and trying to keep priority and just trying to do as much damage with him as possible. So, uh, he's definitely dicey and, um, you got to play him in the right position, but if he can connect, I mean, you, you can win games pretty fast with him. Oh, yeah. um, but he does have weaknesses too. So, and that's part of the reason why I switched my list up because I was of getting a little tired of like the same matchups mm-hmm. and um, having some of the same weaknesses.
0: Yeah, I get that for sure. And I'm with you on on Hulk. He's one of those characters. It's like you wanted to love him so much when he first came out, and it was like, eh, you know, you could use him, but it was kind of a liability at times. But now he's definitely a lot better. But I still, like you said, he's still got some weaknesses. And you know, especially playing into convocation as much, Mystic is one of those weaknesses. So oh, big,
1: big time, man.
0: You know, I can I yeah. can see that.
1: The the card that you can get all your rerolls on Mystic attacks. Um, I forget the name of it, but that that's really brutal for him. And with all the control that convocation has, um, you can move bodyguards out of the way. And you know, unless he gets in there first and like pretty much neutralizes whatever the biggest threat is, uh, you're in trouble because he can get burned down really fast. Um, Side note, I played in a tournament on Saturday here locally in Connecticut, and one of my buddies, uh, he's in the league, his name's Shane, he was playing Hulk with um, Guardians, and he got one-rounded by Winter Soldier. What? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Winter Soldier in X-Force wow so uh turns out being t- being able to attack like six times in a round uh is good
0: yeah <laughs> man one so...
1: so watch out for that i mean that's a thing that's out there too so uh Hulk Hulk is awesome he's just not um he's not as invincible as you want him to be
0: yeah yeah and that's one of those things where it's like you've kind of it's kind of good that he's not as invincible as you, as he could be. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it, it's always that like, man, if I just had one more health or just one more X thing, then then it'd be okay. But it just never yeah. works out that way, right?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of wish that when they revamped him, they gave him a dazed side because that's really the weakness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at characters that are also kind of, big beefy tanky guys like Thanos and you know he's got what eight and seven health I think it is but he's also got the damage reduction so it's basically you're having to do like 13 damage to him on his healthy side give or take you know dice and math and all that stuff but you're having to do something like that to him on his healthy side and then another 12 damage on his injured side seemingly you know to kind of punch through all of that stuff so yeah I mean I'm with you I think that him not having a dazed situation and only being able to be brought back by field dressing is very much a liability for him. And the the daze mechanic in this game is functionally a catch-up mechanic in a lot of ways. Definitely. So yeah. Oh, he's got eight and nine. Sorry, I just pulled up Thanos' cards. It's eight and nine. So yeah, you're doing more damage to Thanos to actually punch through all of his damage than you do to Hulk for the same threat value.
1: Yeah, and you know his defenses are, are pretty consistent across the board too. Plus, he can reduce damage to zero, so it's really hard to chip him away. Exactly, like he can't do it.
0: Exactly, like shoot, even Bullseye, like master of chip damage, is like I can't. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Thanos.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, so what have you decided to play now? On the changeover for rosters, because like I said, uh, it was Avengers originally, and when you played me, you had Cap, Scarlet Witch, and Hulk on Gamma at fifteen.
1: Yeah, and you know it's it's pretty it's a pretty strong list. Um, it's, it, you know, but you, if you make kind of positioning mistakes here and there, um, it can it can definitely fall apart. And um, I think I mean our match was super close. I, I had some misplays early. Yeah, um, and and I think that made the difference. I think you just made like one or two less mistakes than I did and um, You know then the game unfolded from there But uh, yeah, it's it, it pretty much is like try to do as much damage as possible early and Make sure that they don't your opponent doesn't have it enough to hit you back mm-hmm. where now Hulk is you know, maybe throwing two or three extra dice Uh, in round three, maybe, and just dazing and KOing characters left and right, staggering, uh, you know, getting Hulk smash off twice, things like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it it can be pretty brutal. And, uh, but yeah, like Scarlet Witch into Convocation, she's decent, but it's like going into Doctor Strange with his armor um, doesn't really feel that great if he spikes. And then, you know, you have two opportunities to spike. So, you know, with the and, um, you know, that that can be challenging for sure. Yeah. So that brings me to switching to Cabal. Okay. Well, before we do this, and- I
0: do have a question. I do have a question. Because yeah, sure. I, I know I, I started this conversation, this train of thought. But I, I do have a question because you brought up Hulk Smash. And it reminded me, you did a lot of Hulk Smashing in our match. Like, I, I think you used it three or four times. Uh, maybe something like that. It seemed like a lot. Because a lot of time I've noticed that people don't use the Spenders very often on characters attacks and Hulk smash is one of those the wild for the stagger and the wild throw are both really nice and then you also get his strongest one there is throw and everything but is that something you found that using that attack more than his strike attack you've gotten more value out of it
1: yeah so um I would say it depends on how much power you have right so if you're already powered up um yeah, you get one more extra strength. And since you're rolling like 8 plus dice, you're probably going to get the wild trigger. Yeah. And like being able to get that off twice and have a throw having them doing three throws potentially in a round is really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> you
1: can you can like decimate an entire side if you're connecting properly.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the stagger also, like if you end up not killing them, then the stagger definitely uh, plays a nice part there to limit the clap back.
1: Yeah, e- exactly. So um, it's all about like stealing their action economy, maybe getting them out of position, um, you know, because you don't necessarily have to do damage with the throw. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just a good um, <laughs> it's just a good attack.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, it's just it's a uh, part of just interesting thought because I again, like I don't see a ton of people using the the spender style attacks for most people. So, it's uh I'm with you. I think that it's one of those on Hulk. It's like if you've got enough power, do it. And especially I would imagine a thought process for you is, well, I'm playing convocation, I'm not going to be able to use my Hulk not puny banner anyways. So why do I need to bother saving four power for the reroll?
1: Exactly. Yeah, he just he just goes all out with you know as much offensive as he can dish out yeah. at that point.
0: Yeah. So now let's talk about why you switched up to Cabal.
1: So one of the reasons is so I like I said before I went to a, a in person tournament and they were using chess clocks and it was the first time I was going to be using chess clocks in person. I had done a side event on TTS. Um, I think it was maybe like after season five or something Mm -hmm. where it was a timed event. And um, it was pretty cool. Like it it made you play a little bit differently. Um, And so what I wanted to do was create a roster that um, was pretty straightforward and I didn't have to think so much because, Hey, I have 45 minutes. And if I time out, I lose. Right. So um, Cabal was a uh, faction that I hadn't really played much at all, and I had a bunch of their characters painted up. Nice. And I just said, hey, you know what? I really just want to use these guys. Let me see you know how, how this would go. And um, I think from a style standpoint, it's just like you kind of point and click and just attack. Like, you want to do damage, and I kind of like that style of play, um, especially if I'm timed and I can't, you know, if I don't have experience with a roster and I don't know in and out, I'm not gonna be able to play it fast. And I probably wouldn't do maybe as well in in the event. So that was kind of the initial thing. Um, And then what I kind of came up with, and actually I have my my round uh, four tonight is just a list that can dish out damage, but also has good control with movement. So I have like Enchantress, I have MODOK, um, and I also have Mr. Sinister, Mystique, so Mystique with um, Deception.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so in my first two rounds, I actually pulled the same mission at 17. Uh, it was Extremis and Senators. And so I played Red Skull, uh, Enchantress, uh, Modok, and Sinister. So I had three characters that basically have a bow.
0: Yeah. And
1: And... Wow. Um, It's, it was, it was really good. I mean, it it had a lot of control and it dished out a ton of work. I mean, with, with having, you know, two beams and a bunch of sap power stuff. um, The other thing is like sinister. Most people are like, Oh, he's not great. Blah, blah, blah. He is super tanky. I mean, he was holding down a flank all on his own and I don't think he, he maybe got knocked out until maybe the last round of the game or something. I mean, he was able to hold it down against, like, Black Cat and Voodoo on one side, my first game, and then the second game, it was um, Zemo and Domino.
0: Nice, nice. And so you say when he's tanky, because I agree. I I think Sinister is one of those characters that is a little under the radar. Like, I think that there's, there's plenty of characters that I could point to and say, underutilized, 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 especially... Uh, you know, I don't know how much you listen to the content creators out there and stuff, but you know, there's certain characters that get all the airtime, and then there's other characters that it's like, well, you know, they're okay. And and I think Sinister is what a lot of people perceive as an okay character, but I think he's one of those that's like he's a little big brain at times, you know, because like when do you use the genetic splicing and try to get these genetic sample tokens for the one power you know is that is it the one power worth it or do you want to save the power for his you know fun little playthings or genetic negation and that kind of stuff right like I think that he's really an interesting character and when you say you got a lot of work out of him and how tanky is it he is is that because you were using his genetic sample tokens to also reduce some damage or just in general tankiness just decent roles and all that stuff
1: Yeah, so a combination of that. So um, what I I do take the um, force extraction, and I know I'm not playing regenerating characters, but at the same time, the way I look at it is that all I'm doing is transferring health from one character to another. Mm -hmm. Um, And on extremists, I was able to just heal that off. So that was like, it it almost didn't matter at that point. Uh, so that that was really nice. Uh, and I didn't actually take extremists. And I thought going wide, like choosing the characters I did, I'm like, wow, this is, I'm slow. This is not going to work out. But with Red Skull's ability to move people around, um, it, it really wasn't that bad. And then once my characters got to an area, it was like they just controlled that area. So like once they were on a side, they just kind of took it. And yeah. it wasn't, oh, I have to move all over the place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the good thing about Cabal is with the genetic splicing beam. It's a beam four Mystic strength right. five. Um, mystic is good against a lot of characters, and um, all you need to do is make the attack, and you and you get the tokens. So. Typically, as long as you're getting at least like one beam in there with with two, like getting two characters on the beam, you're you're filling up your your tokens. Um, and so typically, the way I open it up, I take uh, two. I do force extraction on two characters. I don't typically go with all three because uh, I don't want to necessarily throw damage on like an enchantress or a piece that's super. Um, uh, like kind of, you, you need as many hits as you can on it. Right. Like a character like you know, Modok, he's got ten. I mean, he could spare one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, even Red Skull. A lot of times, you know, people aren't going after Red Skull because there's higher threats on the board. And, I mean, like Red, I have I have uh, med pack. So if Red Skull's damaging himself, I'm, I'll probably med pack him if I need to. Anyway, so from that standpoint. I, um, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And once you get those tokens up, um, it, it really, um, really helps him because, you know, I was, I was getting grenade bounced by Domita. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to get rid of that with one of my tokens. And then, you know, I'm going to root, let's say voodoo as an example, you know? So like, and then I can like move you around with playthings. So if they want to score the objective, they're only attacking me once. And if I've got these tokens up. I'm essentially uh, controlling the amount of power they get and the amount of power that I get because right. I can just you know, choose how much damage to take most of the time.
0: Yeah. No, I really like that. I think that that's really nice and really strong. And I think that in the right matchups, it's definitely it definitely hits. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, who doesn't like range four beams? And I think he <laughs> is the only mystic beam out there. So, in certain matchups, I mean, not really against Convocation, um, I played Convocation last, and I didn't actually run him. Um, but he's actually pretty tanky against Convocation because he's got the four Mystic Defense plus yeah. the token. Um, the one thing I was worried about is that, um, you know, his doing his beam, not really getting the power back from ca- the Cabal leadership. Right. Um, but like, if you're if you're not up against good Mystic Defense, I mean, he typically gets his power back, or he gets plus one on it if you get more than one character. So it's it's well worth spending the one power. And, um, you know, if you're getting it off double, I mean, you're, you're, you're typically like going to spike on a few of those and you're going to do a lot of damage. So I I think he, um, he's underrated. I think just like in Cabal under, um, you know, Red Skull's leadership is where he fits. Um, you know, it's hard to fit him in other rosters, you know, maybe, maybe Brotherhood rosters that are going to give him passive power so he can do his beam, um, you know, is, is the way to go, I think. But he's super tanky. I mean, people are super surprised when they see him because they never see him. And then it's like, oh, wait, he can do what? He can do that? Oh, now you're rooted. Now it's costing you extra power. Uh-huh. You know, now you're, I'm moving you across the board, and you know, you're not really doing much back to me.
0: Yeah. He was a consideration for my convocation roster because of, one, the higher mystic defense, which is good mm-hmm. on the ironbound books turn. But also because of that beam and being able to use that on the plane of pole dock turn, the re-roll card, being able yep. to use that on that turn, I feel like would be super good. And then, you know, the the just the just fact that it's a mystic beam, and like, in terms of how I play my convocation, it's, it's control, it's attrition with a side of control, you know? And so, having a character that could throw out mystic b4 strength 5 attacks and then on one character have the re-rolls on it i think could be really great and then i like the aspect of being able to root people because one of the things that convocation does really well is win the power generation game typically I don't, you know not not always but typically in terms of just their innate power generating abilities and oh, being able to make my opponent have to spend more to do anything i mean it's it, you're already it, it's Kind of just piling on a battle that you're already winning, so to speak.
1: Yeah, it makes a big difference. I re- in my first game, he stopped Voodoo from doing Voodoo stuff because he was short one power, and he's also size three, so like a lot of characters can't move him with yep. with their passive stuff. Like Voodoo can't throw him. Um, you know, there's a lot of size two triggers on on characters mm-hmm. now, so um, you know it, it helps.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we, we spent a lot of time talking about Sinister, but I think he's one that, that people just kind of sleep on at times because, like, we've talked about, you know. And so, you mentioned that you brought Force Extraction, and you said, you know, MODOK, he's got 10 health, easy target there. And I was with you on the Red Skull aspect. Like, nobody ever attacks Red Skull. Red Skull is usually, like, in the back, hanging out, telling people what to do. And makes perfect sense. But the one card here that whenever I think somebody brings Sinister they feel like they have to bring his cloning banks card. And I noticed that you don't have that here.
1: So I think it's just a distraction for like what he's trying to do. Exactly. And and you're much better off using his tokens for making him like almost invulnerable against certain characters. Like, like I said before in those games, I was able to hold down a flank two on one. Yeah, you know, he's fourth threat and I was occupying like six and seven threat total.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I'm, I'm with you. I think that the cloning banks, I think that that's a bit of a trap in a lot of ways. And people see that and they're like, oh man, well, I have to make this work. I have to do this. And they don't think about kind of what you're sacrificing as Sinister's utility to enable that. And not only that, but sacrificing a tactics card slot that you could use for something else. So I, I think yeah, that's real I, clever.
1: I don't personally have experience with the cloning banks. I've seen people use it and stuff. I, maybe I tried it once when he first came out. I don't even remember. But I think by the time you build that up to something meaningful, you know, the game's already half over. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you do get the character out, it's like maybe you're just, if you're already winning, maybe you're just winning more. I, I don't know. I just think that like he he's going to be spending those tokens more often than not. And it's like giving them up to put in the bank is like not the way I foresee him being like optimal for what he can do.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we're looking at the rest of your roster here, I pulled it up on TTS or TTO uh, just to, so I could have a better idea of what we're talking about here. What made you go back to Enchantress here? Because I added Enchantress into my convocation roster actually. And she's one that again, I think a lot of people after she got quote unquote nerfed, which it was a nerf, but by comparison, it just brought her in line with what a four threat should be. And what made you bring her back in here? Is it just the control elements or is it also, you got like a steel plan and stuff like that?
1: Well, so, you know, the steel is still really good. Um, You know, she can get moved with red skull. I also have aim lackeys in here, which could be a nice combo. Um, if I have priority, I can, um, also just steal something turn two, Mm -hmm. just get position and and take it type of thing. Um, yeah, she, I think she's just still solid all around. And since she's Cabal, you can use, um, dark rain and she just can tee off on people with that. Oh yeah. She's still really good. I mean, and her spenders strong too you know, I I think she's still solid. And what she does is she helps drain people's power.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, sap beam is nasty of what it does to people, especially if you can double tap on that beam, it's just a thing of beauty.
1: And she generates with the cabal leadership, she generates power so fast. Um, because if you, you know, you get that power, you get the auto, auto power. And then if you do damage, you get a third power. And typically, you know, you can line up the beam cause she can move people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, it's like, if you want to attack her, you need to have power to do any damage to her most of the time. Um, you know, with her with, with enchanting, whatever it's called. Yeah. And against into convocation, I mean, she's like a five defense, so Um, you know, unless Dr. Strange is attacking her with his, uh, daggers thing.
0: Yeah. But then he still has to spend two power.
1: Branding his power. You know, you got to spend two power every time you want to hit her. So, um, I just think between having, you know, more control, uh, being able to steal, even though, yes, it was nerfed, it was totally broken before. Um, but it's still a really, really strong ability.
0: I absolutely agree. And. Another question I've got for you on your roster here is that you have a lack of sin and crossbones. So it is red skull all the way here. And have you played much with them or that is just because they weren't painted up or why do you not have those two characters? I
1: don't actually own sin. Um, And so that's, that's the first part. Second part is I just want a straightforward list where I don't have to think, Oh, which leadership do I want to do?
0: Um,
1: you know, what, like try to like overthink the pregame. And I, I just don't have enough experience with the type of, um, you know, faction and stuff to be able to do that. So that, that's, that's the simple answer right there.
0: No, oh, yeah, no, I like it. It's good. Yeah. I've, I've played a fair bit of Sin Cabal and it's, it's a different game it, it, than the Red Skull Cabal. So makes a lot of sense for me. And the next thing I want to talk about, and by the way, I hope you don't mind talking about all of this stuff, kind of breaking it down a little bit, maybe maybe giving your opponents a little inside info if they listen. But
1: It's all good. Hey, they should listen to your podcast, then if you want you to go. get
0: the info. There you go. I like it. So I'm going to make sure to put it out there on the, the TTS thing. I'm going to be like, hey, if you want some inside info on Matt Kish's uh, information here, just come check out the show. <laughs> but uh, no, let's talk about crisis, because I think that crisis selection is one of those things that a lot of people just kind of think they throw it in in different crises in their lists without certain kind of reasons, right? Like, And maybe casually, like I know a lot of times I'll just be like, okay, well, I just want to play this or play that sometimes, right? But when it comes to building a a slightly competitive roster, and I would assume you're using this as like kind of a testing grounds at this point for maybe future events, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... So, using the crisis selection here, you know, you put in Gamma Waves, Mutant Madman, and Infinity Formula as your secures, and then the Hammers, Alien Ships, and Senators. And you mentioned that you played Extremists and Senators in a match recently. And Senators is one that I haven't seen a ton of people take. But why do you have that here?
1: So. It allows me to go with a small squad, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I still go with, let's say Scarlet Witch, Modok, and Red Skull, right? Yeah. Um, and when you have, it's it's I think it's good for attrition rosters because if they pick up the Senator, um, you know their defenses go down. It's a single extract. So, um, you know, if, if you're playing, let's say on a higher threat and maybe you have enchantress in there, she can just go in and steal it, you know? So, um, and it's not like, you don't know where it is. So I think it just allows you to kind of like get in position to do attrition. And then if your opponent says like, oh, I'm picking it up, you're just in in a spot to kind of blast them off the table and just take it.
0: Right. Now that makes sense. Yeah. It's one of those that I didn't really consider for my roster because i agree with you the attrition aspect of it is so good but the having to play so tall was kind of weird for me like i'm used to playing tall with convocation more or less you know like having four to my opponent's five models kind of a thing or four to my opponent's six models in a recent case Mm. but it's an interesting strategy to go just three wide there when you know there are so many crazy characters that can grab and grab and go and stuff, but I think the senator is probably the most uniquely suited one because of the the fact that it does reduce that defenses and it reduces the speed to short of whatever character is holding it. Exactly, and and I think that that's just you know knowing your crises and knowing kind of what they are going to do for you. And it's like okay fine you're going to give two points to your opponent but at 14 most teams aren't able to go six wide. I mean I don't think there's a squad in the game that can go six wide and stay affiliated. I don't think. Am I right? Yeah.
1: I'm not sure. I you know for me the other thing that I wanted to do for the season is kind of pick crisis that were more neutral. Yeah. You know I I normally was playing like F shape extracts and stuff like that. But you can get really screwed if, uh, you know, you don't get priority and they pick yours. And like, you you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Having more neutral ground at the beginning makes me able to just like focus on my game plan rather than like, oh, crap, I'm playing from behind right out the gate.
0: Yeah, dude. and, And I think that your extracts are the epitome of neutral Right here. And, and I think it's great. Like Hammers is so great. And you've got MODOK on that big base. He can just start right away, grabbing one, you know, always fun. <laughs> Se- seven dice mystics with a little sap is disgusting.
1: Yeah. And like, I can choose if I want to do the reroll thing or not. And once he's powered up, it's like, Oh, your dice whiffed, I'll re-roll these and like, see ya like days.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just- exactly. So Now let's talk about your secure crisis for a second because you've still got gamma waves in here and that's what we played in our matchup. And do you think that's a, a, like a more attrition-y style thing? And are you worried at all about the potential CS matchup? Like if you end up pulling that?
1: Uh, Well, I only play convocation, so I'm (laughs) worried about
0: it. Right. I forgot. I forgot. You've only (laughs) played Um,
1: convocation. You know, it's, it's, they're they're really good on that. Um, I just feel that the my roster has enough control and attrition that I can kind of just punch through them. Mm-hmm. Um, all all the games where I played well in the in person tournament, I started behind and then just leapt ahead after like turn two. Um, so. I'm not super worried, but I also don't have a lot of experience against them. So I might just be kind of naive to say it. Um, But I think having like, okay, you want to stand on these points? I've got, you know, all these beam attacks, or I've got attacks that can move you off of the points. I can, you know, I can just move you if I want to type of thing. So um, it's, it's probably a decent matchup for me. Maybe it's not the best, but I think it's winnable.
0: Nice, yeah. No, I like that a lot. And uh, it, it's one that I think that when you see CS on Gamma, you know, you know what you're getting. You you know they're going to try to get to your back point as as soon as possible. If not turn one, then turn two. Like, you know, if you have if you're going up against a CS and you see Black Cat on the other side. And you don't have an extract that seems really Black Cat worthy, per se, it, you know, as people like to say, they're so afraid of her and everything. Well, then what your CS opponent might do is if you leave one person on your back thing, Black Cat can double move to get over and steal your back point exactly. at the beginning of turn one. So, like, that's the thing you have to watch out for. But really, I mean, if you're playing on low threat, it's kind of hard to fit in certain characters there and you know okay yeah you go down a little early but being able to claw your way back into that i think is reasonable with the amount of damage that you can output
1: right so like let's say they score that the first round i mean she's probably getting dazed oh yeah turn two and then well tell me if i'm wrong they don't get that ability when they're flipped right it's only when they're healthy
0: correct yeah they it's only healthy characters count as two yeah Yep.
1: so um you know the other option there is to you know keep two characters on the back and just you know maybe they score three you score one and if they want to come to your back point then then they just get blasted
0: exactly yeah and it's one of those things i've played a good bit of cs uh, on gamma specifically it's it's weird cuz i don't I haven't played a ton of cs on anything but gamma but i've i've got a ton of reps with them on there and it's it's what they do it's so funny cuz it's like well i'm going to come get your back one and a recent opponent of mine just ran bullseye over and for the love of god there was nothing i could do to stop bullseye it was insane that dude would not die yeah. <laughs> it's just how yeah. it goes sometimes you know, the the other
1: thing too, it's like okay, so they if if I'm playing against them, I and I win priority, I'll probably take my extracts. I don't know, maybe I take my secures, who knows? It depends on what they have, but you know, you also just have a one in three chance of pulling it. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it I think it gives me advantages against a lot of other factions. Um so it's kinda like you know, Modoc in the middle can just do a lot of work.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's funny that you say that because talking about, you know, in terms of CS, I think that the reason why I keep harping on them right now is because they're they're kind of popular right now, and I'm, I'm running into them two times in a row here. It's not like running into Convocation four or five times in a row, but at least, <laughs> you know, I'm running into them a couple times here so far in this league, and I think I will continue to run into them because they they're in a good place. Like, they've got a lot of list building flexibility they've got a lot of good models that are affiliated yada yada but a lot of people say that when you're going into CS you know CS has their secures that they want and they're going to want to pick their secures period that's what they want to do right but it's interesting for you to say well I'm probably going to pick my extracts when if I see that across the table because I do think that your extracts end up providing you with a little bit more of what the kind of game you want to play and in terms of what you might see across the table from CS, you know, it's like, okay, well, they probably have a Gamma. They probably have a Mare Fisk and something else. Like, I, you know, I don't even know what. But, like, you can deal with those things, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it, it's like if they want to bunch up on points, you know, they're going to eat beams.
0: Exactly. That's why Enchantress is here for me. It's like you know
1: between between beaming them and then moving characters off points I mean it's it, it's pretty much like you kind of need to use the attrition plan early even if they score a little bit more than you early if if you can do enough damage to them and then they lose that ability um I think you kind of win in the long run
0: Exactly but,
1: You know, we'll see. I'll I'll see if if next week my matchup is uh, CS, and I'll I'll tell you how it goes.
0: Yeah, hopefully it will be. Hopefully it won't be convocation again. Like literally, I think if you end up getting matched up with convocation again at any point for the rest of this league, you will have literally played everyone that's playing convocation in the central division. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, (laughs) That'd that'd be nuts, dude. So let's talk about that for a second. So you've got this Cabal list here. How do you feel? That cabal will match up into convocation since you have so much experience against them now,
1: yeah, so um i I have a lot of energy um energy attacks mm-hmm. and flexibility with attacks, and so I think that can help me get around some of um their their tricks, right, so yeah. I have good good mystic defense and good energy attacks.
0: Yeah. So do you see a character like Killmonger being really valuable here?
1: Uh, definitely like hundred percent. Yeah. He, um, he, I, you know, I, I used him and this was actually the first time I ever used Killmonger last weekend. And, um, I think he's got a ton of potential, um, you know, combining usurp with, um, Whatchamacallit, Dark Rain. Yeah. Um, and like the odds of you getting the days off are just like huge. I, I, I don't know much, many characters that are going to be able to survive that because he gets, you know, you're, you're, he gets plus two, then another plus two on the second attack. So yeah. he's plus four on the second attack. And, yeah. you know, you have charge and he's got a range three spender which is also pretty decent.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think uh, I think he's one of those that's like, the fact that we don't see him on the table as much as we used to, especially when people are playing a ton of attrition these days, is kind of crazy. And I know if I'm going up against a Cabal roster and I see Kilmager sitting there, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Because, you know, you're going to use usurp into someone like Strange most of the time. Yeah. A savvy player, a savvy Killmonger player, is not going to burn that until Ironbound Books has already been played.
1: Right, and and here's the thing. Even if he's got Ironbound Books up, his builder with Pierce is energy. Exactly. So, so he's he's going to have, if he plays Usurp, he's going to have seven with Pierce into three, and, and attackers modify Defender's Dice before yep. you get your, your special armor thing exactly so if if you can also get off dark rain i mean he's just like super murder face i think i mean i i don't i don't see like unless you're able to somehow get out of range or bodyguard or something like that um i don't see how you survive a, a double attack from that because it's se- seven with full re-rolls with pierce into nine with full re-rolls with pierce
0: right yeah I, i'm 100 percent with you I I think that uh, pretty much whatever you target there is super amounts of dead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think that's really awesome, and I I hope that you get to pull that off this week. I'm
1: gonna try. I'm gonna try. My opponent has um, Iron Fist with uh, Heroes for Hire, so I think what I need to do is take him out first with Mystic, and then and then set up my my kill shot after he's like out of commission days whatever oh yeah uh, or or just out of position so i mean we'll see what's what's also cool about killmonger is like even when he's not going for like the usurp he he's racking up kill count tokens when he's taking out weaker you know characters so you know it's like okay you're if you put strange with your bodyguard people on one side you know i'll just go out on the other side with them maybe or you know just kind of do as much damage as I possibly can with him before he goes down and make life really stressful for you.
0: Oh yeah. And you know, me as a convocation player, if there's very few characters on the table where I'm like priority, need to worry about, need to kill ASAP because I'm able to spread the damage around enough and, and kind of pick the target I want most of the time. But Killmonger is one of those like, Oh my goodness. If I see a Killmonger across the table, which I haven't, in a while, but if you want to talk about like some really good anti-convocation tech, I think Killmonger is high up on that list. And I'm surprised that people don't run him more not only in Cabal but also in the criminal syndicate like we talked about earlier because, you know, not that convocation's popular per se, but I do think that he's one of those characters that, you know, with usurp and with all these things, you know, he really really can do some work and then you know I don't generally have the opinion that there is a defined meta of crisis protocol that's just my opinion uh, others disagree and that's fine but I I think that overall that's not really like you can expect to see these things all the time but you can expect when you go to an event that you're going to see avengers you're going to see some cabal you're going to see some web warriors but in terms of how those rosters are constructed and how those squads are constructed it's not really a defined meta. However, the one thing that I could say is somewhat meta-ish is that five threat characters typically see the table at 17 and above. And if you have a five threat character on the table, Killmonger is really good at taking those kind of characters out. And the two point VP bonus that you get for that, I think is really valuable. So, you know, I'm I'm just surprised that he's not more uh, prevalent. I guess you could say in our current quote unquote meta. I mean, is that kind of what you've seen too?
1: Yeah, uh, you know. So it, I think he like compared to all the other characters out there that have charge that he you know, he might be considered like a glass cannon type of thing. Um, I I don't know. I, I I really think that like what you're saying, maybe like you don't really maybe you have metas in like, circles of friends or circles of playgroups where, yeah. like, and if they're more vocal, like, hey, this is what the meta is or here's what the the top players are playing or, or whatever else. Um, like, you see certain cards that, um, like, I was playing Indomitable. I think everyone's playing Indomitable. I took it out of this list because I was trying different things, more kind of, kind of like character cards and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that can be really A good card but when I was playing it I honestly wasn't even using it much against convocation because I wasn't getting I was getting placed I wasn't getting thrown or pushed exactly and if I was gonna use it like sometimes I didn't have the power to use it because it's three power you know it's not like one power for brace right Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's definitely good you you see these come out Um, I think now after the like the reset like this is kind of like MCP 1.5 um, I think a lot of the like broken characters aren't broken anymore. And I think the meta or the, the landscape, I, th- I really think is wide open. Um, yeah. and you know, and there's new characters getting introduced all the time. So I agree with you. There's really not like, a, maybe there's a meta for three days and then it changes.
0: Right. And, and that, that's exactly how I feel about it too. It's, and, and like you said, your local meta it is is a meta in and of itself. But in terms of broadly saying the meta of MCP is is something I I generally shy away from. But like I said, I, I do see a a lot of big threat models. Five, you know, if you're playing Brotherhood, you've got the juggernaut and Magneto in there typically, you know, so it's like and then, you know, the way I play my convocation, I've got a five and a six sometimes when I bring a Hulk. You know, a lot of people are bringing Hulk these days, which Killmonger is just so good at taking down a Hulk. Not as good as he once was, but uh, he's still pretty good. The The puny banner is a, a really good superpower for Hulk to avoid oh, some Killmonger uh, kills.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so if, if you can soften up Hulk before you do the, the usurp turn, I think you could take him down fairly easily, you know, because you're, you're just rolling a lot of dice. And when you have Pierce, um, and you're rolling, you know, seven plus dice with re-rolls, like you're probably going to get the Pierce. Exactly. You know? So, um, yeah, I think, you know, another thing I want to try to do with him is getting like a charge charged black ops strike at like you know i don't know what exact range that is but it's plus five it's more than five
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be awesome <laughs>
1: you know and then he gets to move off of that if he does damage um you'll, you'll probably get the stagger and then you can like you know do other cool stuff i i think he's um he's gonna be really fun and i'm excited to play him you know over the next few weeks i think uh he might be my new favorite character in in cabal nice. or just in general i mean and, and with Red Skull's ability, like leadership, is just he just powers up really nice. Um, and like typically, what I'll do is I'll take Advanced R&D. I'll do a, a Red Skull's uh, power up for three, and then he gives power to everyone through Advanced R&D. So this way, you have like, Intransfer transfer steel up. You've got his charge up. You've got like just abilities up turn one, and then it just kind of cascades into turn two.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's, that sounds so nasty. And it's like, okay, everybody's going to be able to do everything they want. Good luck.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, who, like, which threat do you want to try to take out first? Cause they're all, you know, we haven't talked about Loki yet, but, um, you know, he's another character that I haven't played that much. Um, and I think he's, he's going to be pretty good into convocation.
0: Oh yeah. I was, I was super worried in our matchup that you were going to bring Loki. Cause yeah. You had him in your roster and I think it's interesting that you brought him gemless. And why is that? Cause I know a lot of people put one of the gems, the space or the mind gem on him. And you talked about kind of leaning into the control. Do you feel like it was just too much control if you had uh, the mind gem on him? Yeah.
1: So, you know, the fact that you have to lock it in kind of turned me off to it. And um, I, I still think he's, Slightly fragile in certain matchups. Oh yeah, um, and like I, I, I played him on Saturday in my last game, and he he just doesn't have enough stamina for it to like in my mind to warrant a five. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I just don't have enough experience with him and maybe I'm just not, like, maybe playing him right. I know having him at five with the gems are good, but I already have two other fives in the roster, and, um, like, I don't know if I necessarily want him, like, up in there trying to do a lot of damage. I think he's more of a disruption piece. Oh, yeah. And um, I think I may use him more as, like, an extract type of runner because he can, you know, do trickster and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Like in my mind, he needs a certain amount of power. Um, and it's like using, um, I am a God on his strike, I think, you know, could be pretty good against convocation when they don't have iron Band books up.
0: Oh yeah, it, it is. <laughs> I've seen get it do work.
1: Get a, get like a, you know, move attack off, um, and just kind of be in a, in a disruptive position where. You know, if put it this way, if I'm threatening, if the crisis threat's high enough and I'm threatening damage with other characters that they like kind of have to kill before him, I think he can kind of go in there and do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And just trying to fit him in with a five, it's a little bit harder, I think. With considering all the other four threat characters I have that I want to be playing, I didn't really think that. you know, him at five was going to work very well for me.
0: No, I I like that. And I like that, you know, you talked about kind of going through all those considerations of why two versus why not take that gem. And I think that that speaks to, you know, your process in terms of building a roster and everything. And, you know, it's kind of something similar that I do. It's, you know, it's like, what value am I getting out of this model? And then I also try to think about like, well, when am I going to take that model? Like in what scenarios am I going to take that model? I mean, since you only ever played convocation, it makes sense to think about it from that perspective. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, if if he has power on him, you know, he can tank pretty decently with I'm a God with, with four. Right. But, you know, if... You know, he's still going to go down if Mordo's boosting Strange, and you've got the whole reroll thing going. You know, a exactly. uh, seven dice reroll. I, you know, and with Ayavagamoto and everything, you know, y- y- you're probably going to take him out.
0: For sure, for sure. I mean, yeah. I would hope so. <laughs>
1: so it's kind of like, is it worth the five? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I get that. So, let me ask you. In your upcoming matchup, kind of the final final question about all, all of this stuff because yeah. I really like this this roster you put together. I think it's really fun, and I, I'd love to try to get a match in at some point with it before the season's up, just for fun. Yeah. Um, because I think it's a terrible matchup for me, and I'd like to see how it <laughs> works out. Um, you know, because you got to practice it, 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 if you want to get better, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's not like you've had enough convocation already. <laughs> yes, <you know. laughs> but uh, what do you see, kind of? When you're looking at your opponents, what your opponent's bringing and everything, like, what do you see as kind of your game plan going into this match?
1: Well, now that I am starting to, like, remember all, like, all the tricks that they can do, and I've seen, I mean, I feel like every game I play, there's a new card that they also have, right? (laughs) Like, I don't know if you were playing this one when we played, but you have a thing where you can, like, double activate.
0: Oh, yeah, the Book of Cagliostro? Yeah.
1: Right. So, you know, there's that one. There's the rerolls. There's the Ironbound books. um One of them was like, you they they throw down like a, the, a circle where yeah. they attack from and like measure from and stuff. Yep,
0: the astral ring. Yep, that's that's one of my favorites. But like I just actually thing, took that.
1: thing's that bananas. Like I got astral ringed area attacks. It was like oh. <laughs> bananas, dude. <laughs> oh, man, that's nasty. So, you know, and, and, you know, and boot boosted by Mordo. So like, I kind of have seen a bunch of different players use a, a lot of different tricks and they're all kind of different. And I think that really, um, goes into like AMG's game design with this faction. Um, I think that the faction has like so much variety in how you can play it. And I think it's like really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, I think people are sleeping on it and like, I'm surprised more like, you know, I'm, I'm joking around with people. I'm like, wow, I got, re- I got like bitch slapped by this roster. Like this, this is what people, <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah. Cause that's really the the problem faction when, when not, it's not really considered a problem faction. Right. Yeah. But I think if you had like the top, top players, um, figuring out and playing it, people would be like, how, how do you, how do you beat this? Like, I, I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I obviously feel that way. I'm definitely not a top, top player, but it's one of those things where that's what I'm trying to do is kind of figure out what works best. And it's so interesting with like kind of my play style with them currently is definitely not what my play style was with them originally. Originally, I was like super hard control and and trying to kind of like every, every game I made Strange My Leader and it was all about getting him the power to scalpel everybody everywhere. And I've kind of changed that up a little bit to be more attrition focused now. But like you mentioned the astral ring, right? Like that's one of those cards I love. I've used it a ton and it doesn't really fit with what I'm trying to do currently because of kind of again seeing so much CS and and trying to kind of not be out of position. Because what I've, what's happened to me before with that card is I end up being out of position a turn later. And that doesn't really help me because I'm trying to stay safe by using Astral Ring. But, right. you know, trying to find these little different, different things and, like, the one with the double activation, the Book of Cagliostro, that's another one I tried a lot. And the thing that I found with that is it takes so much setup that it's really hard to pull off.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that, like the The faction f- to play it like really well is a really high skill cap. Absolutely. Um, but once you can kind of like figure out when to use these certain cards, you're, like when to take them, and then how to use them and the right times to use them, I mean, I think Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme is like one of the best characters in the game right now. I mean, who else can like he can place people range three like that is an insane amount of distance and he can do it for himself. So like yeah. he like there's, there's nowhere where that you're safe from getting attacked by him.
0: Yeah, exactly. And with a range 3 attack and a range 5 attack, I mean, it, it's insane and in terms of like the how it all works out with him and everything, I agree with you. I think he is one of those characters that everybody sees him only in convocation, but I think you start splashing him other places, he gets really nasty. Like, uh, I don't know if you would do it necessarily, but you splash him in a Steve Avengers, and you make a scalpel cost three instead of four, it is bananas.
1: Right, because then he's, you know, him starting with three power each turn is also really nice.
0: Yes, it's amazing, and it empowers so much, and it's... I mean, I can sit here and go gaga over Strange all day long. <laughs> you know, he's he's done a lot for me, and the ability, like, the, I think the thing that separates someone kind of just looking at convocation versus like kind of taking the next step in convocation is when you look at Strange and you you figure out his power generation and when to use his Builder versus the Deadly Daggers, which is his six dice, and then kind of trying to like okay i'm gonna place myself i'm gonna go down to two power i'm gonna try to use my builder to get two more power then place this other character away over here and then i'm gonna maybe get another extra bit of power from this attack and then place somebody else and you can do it three maybe even four times if you power gen it right you know four times would be hard but three times you can do it i did it to you <laughs> yeah
1: no it, absolutely it, it's um you know, that combined with um, him generating power from his armor, uh, I mean, he, he builds up... I mean, you could be maxed out on power by turn two fairly easily if someone oh, yeah. attacks and, and you're, you know, getting hit by energy or, or mystic.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, so, back to your plan for this matchup. You, every You know, Convocation always does something different and crazy. Does that change... D- does all of your crazy things that you've seen them do change how you think you might want to play this matchup?
1: You know, I, I'll have to figure that out when I see which characters he actually brings. Um, I, I think if he takes iron fist, it's going to give me um, some challenges, but at the same time, I also have tools to be able to take him out. So I feel like the match is going to be a lot of like rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. And I do have the tools to get through, the Ironbound books nonsense. So I'm I'm pretty much like kind of betting on that, where you know I can just out attrition him.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. I'm excited to see how it goes. And um, yeah. uh, I think I think that's another thing that people don't don't realize is energy attacks into convocation. It, you know, physical attacks are good. Like that's their weakest defense, but they're going to be able to use Ironbound books to change it. However, the energy attacks is really really, the stuff into them. Yeah, and, you know,
1: that's where I felt like Hulk was just too too much of a risk, right? Because, yeah. you know, he's just very dicey. You don't have a lot of modification on it. And he can get burned down just as fast as that. He can burn down, you know, convocation characters. So, you know, it's like, it's like, who's gonna, you know, juke at the right time?
0: uh-huh
1: in that match and and you know with him it's like he can get controlled fairly easily and then his attacks are only range two. so you know you're not always going to get double attacks off and and you're not always gonna you know be able to knock people out so exactly but yeah i think i think killmonger man is probably like my ace um but i think my roster has plenty of physical and energy. Um, like, Modoc Spender's physical. Oh,
0: yeah. Um,
1: you know, his builder into them's not great, but, you know, if he can spike and they don't, you know, it's still six dice with sap and potential rerolls. So it's not the worst attack in the world. Um, Red Skull can unleash the cube or just do his, like, you know, one die or one power range for energy set yeah. power thing, you know? So like there are tools that I can use and, um, I feel like decently confident going into it. Um, and I think Killmonger could just like totally blow it out. Or if he gets shut down, is probably, it's probably a loss for me. Um, yeah. if you figure out how to shut down Killmonger quickly. But I think that, um, I think killmonger is like is like the answer to uh to uh the 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 tricks of the wizards
0: <laughs> that's yeah the, the the wizards don't have an effect on killmonger it's i like it yeah i, I i'm with you i am really with you i think that killmonger is uh a little bit of the secret sauce if you will the, the little extra spice in into convocation there and and again like we talked about kind of earlier he's going to be a priority target but I think that you're a good enough player to be able to mitigate that and I'm I'm excited I really am excited to see how this match goes yeah man
1: I I'm excited for it too it's seven o'clock tonight eastern time so
0: cool are you going to be streaming Uh, it at all you think
1: uh I I don't know I don't really I'm not like a super tech guy if my opponent wants to stream it that's cool I don't really have like the platform to do it or how to do it if you want to teach me that's cool. I don't know if my computer's powerful enough to stream it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I have got that
0: going on. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode, man. This was really great having you on and and discussing all this stuff because it, you know, it's a different perspective. It's a little bit more of a competitive perspective like, you know, I tend to to do casual competitive discussion and, you know, Mostly leaning casual, I guess you could say, but I really like having this kind of a talk. And this week, I've got, you know, this will be the third episode of this week. And so much of it is like a competitive thing, but I think it's really great. And I think, you know, hearing kind of different strategies and different perspectives on things is really wonderful. So, you know, uh, I definitely want to have you back on at some point because this has been really great.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. My pleasure. I appreciate you having me
0: on yeah man where can people find you
1: uh so I'm on the discord mk miniatures um instagram mk underscore miniatures I'm also on Facebook Matt kish so you know I'm in the groups hit me up you know we can talk shop whatever show off some models i'm I'm around
0: love it love it yeah and dude your models I love them it's it's always one of those things I'm Pretty sure it's one of those things where I, I like I smash the like button on most people's models, but every time I'm like, ooh, I need to like stop and look at these for a second. <laughs> like I think I actually have some screenshots of some of your models like on my phone as like references when I'm painting my own.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome, man.
0: Yeah, dude. So I I really appreciate that. And for the suits out there listening, uh, if you're interested in checking out our Patreon, you can check that out. It's Patreon.com/slash House Party Protocol. It's a dollar a month. 12 bucks a year to support the show, support our giveaways, all of that fun stuff, which we'll be doing another one for the upcoming Grunt release, which I I think has been pushed back. Originally, I was told March 13th, but it looks like they're going to be pushed back now into April. So, once we get some official stuff for them, we will uh, announce a giveaway for that so we can get that going. I'm really excited to do that. And uh, so, if you want to support the show, you can uh, do it through that, through the Patreon there and also it gives you access to the chillest Discord channel on the interwebs, and that is the House Party Protocol Discord. And Also, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv DarthBalls05, and that's balls with a Z, because, you know, when you're a kid, you make these things, and they're funny and all that good stuff. So, there you go. So, uh, check that out. Also, leave us a message on Facebook, comment on our posts on Facebook, Love talking to everybody over there. It's really fun to kind of interact and chit-chat and everything. And then also, you can uh, send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. And the last thing I'm going to talk about here is we have officially figured out what our next comic book for the Comic Book Reading Club is going to be. And we had the choices of the Doctor Strange, The Last Days of Magic, God Country, Shadowland, Daredevil, and Marvel 1602. And Shadowland Daredevil has taken the crown this month. So we'll be reading that. Pretty short run. It's only like five issues, I think. But what I'm going to do, and I'm pretty sure Marvel United does this, is it when you click on like the series of Shadowland Daredevil, it also has all the tie-in comics. So I'm going to try to read those, too, because this is such a short run. So for the rest of March... We'll be reading Shadowland Daredevil, and if you want to be a part of that Reading Club discussion, again, that's on our Patreon. You can do that, and I'll be doing another live stream to discuss that at the end of this month. And with that, party on, Matt.
1: You too. And Power
0: Down Suits.